Hello, this is Victor Nyauchi listening to Clubhouse and Podcast. Not that cricket. Clubhouse in podcast. My name is Larry Quidarai. Yes, the podcast that gets you as close as possible to the action and as far as Zimbabwe cricket is concerned, telling you what's happening with the national team and other formats. And uh, currently the ICC Men's Cricket World Cup qualifiers taking place in Zimbabwe with matches in Harare and Bulawayo at Harare Sports Club and uh, Takashinga that's in Harare and Bulawayo at Bulawayo Athletic Club as well as Queen's Sports Club. And um, we're giving you coverage as much as we can on our social media platforms as well as our website, www.3-mob.com. That podcast before giving you uh, reviews and previews and things of that nature of, of matches that are taking place. But these matches are also being shown on Supersport, um, as on TV. And uh, I had a chat with the ICC's uh, senior TV director, uh, the man who's Directed a lot of finals. It's also t- directed the World Test Championship final. So we can have a chat about, or we had a chat about that, uh, you know, that decision for, with Cameron Green. Was it out? Was it not out? And whatever. So he gives us a, a, a load on what happens behind the scenes and all of that. And also what is happening as far as, uh, you know, the production in Zimbabwe and what 2018 did for a couple of people. So it's a very well-rounded discussion that I had with him. Uh, so yeah, let's listen to what he had to say. Hi, this is Matthew Potts and I'm on the Clubhouse End podcast. So just bumped into you here and, you know, I think a lot of us Zimbabweans sometimes don't see what actually happens in a in a, in a, in a, in a, you know, what goes behind making sure that a game is out there. It's, it's engaging. It's interesting. We're getting, you know, the nuances of what's happening on the pitch. If somebody's walked off the pitch, you got to be keeping an eye on that and that sort of thing. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really dipping into a pool that I'm too shallow to swim, <laughs> to stand in. So. No, you're doing very well. You're doing so very well. give us indications about what that job is and, and also some of the, 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 the tournaments you've come to. Well, thanks, Larry. First of all, let me say it's a pleasure to be here back in Zimbabwe from Harare. We were here for the 2018 qualifiers, which was a great success. Um, Except Zimbabwe didn't qualify. Well, yeah, apart from that. <laughs> but um, yeah, great memories. Um, so my job, I'm the senior director for ICC TV. Now, ICC TV does all the television coverage for the ICC. So you, you watch a World Cup event. We, uh, we are the production arm. So Sunset and Vine is the company that has the production rights. And Sunset and Vine and Kingsdown, which is my company with Joanna, who's uh, the head of production for Sunset and Vine. It's quite complicated, so bear with me. We have been awarded the rights since 2016. So every World Cup, men's, women's, under-19s, we've covered all over the world. Now, what we do is we crew it. So, you know, we're talking hundreds sometimes of people. So from cameramen, soundmen, technicians, uh, from people for the replays, from DAs to graphics. Uh, we, we crew uh, effectively a, a large group of people 
And when we were in Zimbabwe this time, we thought, right, who are the best Zimbabwean crew? And we've been, because we, we were blessed to work with many nationalities all over the world. So we've handpicked some of the best Zimbabwean crew for this tournament. This tournament, we're actually, it's the first time ever, we are televising every match of the tournament. So we're broadcasting the matches in Bulawayo and Harare, but we're also streaming a lot of the matches too. So four crews we needed for this. So we teamed up with a South African uh, team called Dimensions, who do all the kit facility. And for the broadcast matches, we have NEP, who are the ICC's official partners as well. So ICC TV is a conglomeration of Sunset and Vine, who do the production. So we do the, the production, the budgets, the day-to-day scheduling and stuff with the ICC. Um, then you have NEP, who supply all the kit. Then you have Alston Elliott, who do all the graphics. Hawkeye, coming for the Super Sixes of this tournament. So there are different companies that, that come together, and they're all under the umbrella of ICC TV. Fascinating. And the digital aspect? Uh, the digital part of it, yeah. There's an ICC arm, ICC Digital. A lot of the content for them is done by us as well. We have content teams going around doing uh, media days, uh, interviews, features. I mean... Each game that you see here on television is a 30-minute show, and that show will have features. So tomorrow we've got one on Nepal's captain, and we've got one uh, on Zimbabwe. Uh, so yeah, we do features on each team. We go behind the scenes. We do pitch preparation shots, player arrivals, digital content, uh, and there's also um, we work with other other streams as well. And then obviously you do the World Test Championship final. And how many World Cups have you done? Oh, uh, I think I've done five World Cup finals. Um, World Cups, gosh. Oh, well, I'm in finals. Yeah, <laughs> finals, yeah. So remember the name. I was there. Oh, really? There. Yeah, in Calcutta, Eden How Gardens. are you playing that moment? I mean, like, you, well, don't, I'm English. you don't know what he's going to say. Well, I'm English, so <laughs> I'm gutted. So when, when they needed 23 or whatever off the over, I thought, oh, we, we're safe. But you can never say we because, you know, yeah. you, you're serving the neutral fan as well as the West Indian or English fan. So... I was a bit nervous, but I, I, did, I really didn't think that Carlos would pull it off, and I'm glad he isn't. Yet he's here with us for this tournament, which is brilliant because you know his, his commentary is really coming on nicely. Are you going to give him a bit of a side eye? Uh, no, no, we, we're past that. I got over it. I got over that. <laughs> How long does it take? Because I remember I was doing some work uh, as a media manager for the 2018 tournament, and Zimbabwe lost that match, and I had to come back the next day for the. Afghanistan were playing against somebody. Then there was the final. So you still have to go through all those emotions. How do you emotionally disinvest yourself and say, okay, look, the story needs to still be told? Well, you, you've just nailed it, what you said about the story. We are storytellers. And all I do is I, I look at probably 60 screens and I decide what, what the, I would like to see at home if I was a viewer. So I pick the best shots, hopefully, um, the relevant graphics, the right replays. And with the help of my team, and I've got an amazing team at ICC TV, I have a replay coordinator who's like my second director, and he, he or she will tell me, you know, what, what, what's just happened, what's good, what I can take. Um, and then I have a producer who basically structures the show, a DA who sits next to me, who every minute is screwed, every second is down to the second. Everything has to hit the time for the, the broadcasters to join. So when I say broadcast, I mean Star Sports in India, Fox, it might be Fox or Seven in Australia. Uh, it might be super sport here in this region. Uh, in, 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 so all over the world, there's multiple broadcasters and they're coming and going all the time. Yeah. So that's a really tough job, the DA's job. And she's also my, my usually it's a she, is my assistant too. Um, but so yeah, Calcutta, I did Lords 2019. 
barest of margins. I did that match with Ian Smith, who can forget that, mm-hmm. um, which was a major highlight for me because I'm from London, born and bred. Uh, Lords, I'm a member at Lords. I have been since 18 years old. And um, so, we're to look at cricket and royalty here because it, you well, have to be. <laughs> it was I, that day. You, you can't know, just be a member at Lords, can you? Th- well, no. Well, I mean, I used to play a bit. That's how I yeah. got in. But you know, Larry, it's interesting. That day after it happened, and it went clock like clockwork. Even the result, everything went brilliantly. I came off there exhausted, and I walked out to the middle at Lords, and I had. To, I said to myself the day before, I'll have a. A pint of beer waiting for me at the um, the bowler's bar in the pavilion um, when I walk off. And sure enough, it was there. And I had a little drink. And I I toasted a few of the legends that I've worked with in the past who couldn't be there because they'd passed on. People mm. like Richie Benno. Mm. People like Tony Gregg. My mentor, Martin Crow, took me under his wing age 26 when I was working for Sky. Encouraged me to start directing. At 2001, I produced Channel 4 Cricket. We won the BAFTA for the best sports coverage at Soho at Grosvenor House and went up on stage, with, luckily, with Richie and my boss, Gary Francis. And we were presented with a BAFTA, and it was Martin Crowe who presented the BAFTA, the wow. guy that gave me my break. When he passed, unfortunately, it was very sad. I was in Nagpur, India, and it was the eve of the New Zealand-India match in the 2017, I think it was. And... I did this two-minute silence after he passed. So, kind of got, we went full circle. So, people like that, you know, I just thought about those people in that precious moment and thanked them. But I also, I felt a bit deflated, to be honest, because I just thought every cricket match I do now is going to be boring after that. A height, yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the, that finish, it was just an incredible finish. It's a finish, I mean, as up there with uh, Remember the Name. You know, yeah. Not in this instance, it was a more positive result for you. But how do you then deal with storytelling in different envi- environments? You talked about a final Calcutta, London, and then also there was a different story this year with Eng- uh, with Australia playing against. Uh, I'm talking about the World Test Championship India, in this, yeah. against India before it was New Zealand versus India. So you've got different stories that you've got to tell uh, to me sitting at home and keep me interested. How do you? make sure that the cultural sensibilities, if you want to talk about them, are maintained? It's a very good question. As a director, you are sort of the conductor of the orchestra. You're in charge of what's seen on television. So it's a very responsible job. You can't take sides. You you can't have any personal interest or personal dislike for any certain players or umpires. Everyone's the same and everyone's neutral. Um, But for me, it's it's not so much about the commentary. It's about what happens in the match. So my pictures will lead, the commentary will be another stream that I try and follow, but it's about what happens in the game and what I feel is, and what my team feel is relevant to the moment. Now, sometimes I have to cut away. I'm not allowed to show certain replays. I'm not allowed to show certain contentious things, which is understandable. Um, you know, we were very grateful that there weren't any disruptions with play because there's been a lot of sporting events in England that have been affected and luckily they weren't. Um, but it went very well, the World Test Championship. It was a wonderful Five, five days in, in South London at the Oval, um, a capacity crowd. Um, and, you know, the interest was there until the last day. It could have been, you know, it was, Alari, the most watched day of Test cricket ever. You know, there'll be hundreds of millions watching that around the world. Especially that was one in of those. India, especially in India. If there were a hundred and, uh, hundred and million and one, I was the one. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think? What did you think? It was, it was such an amazing final because it had a lot of things. Uh, it's, it's, it sort of shows that a lot of people 
you don't realize that test cricket is such a, an amazing format because there was a different story, story almost every hour and every session. And, uh, I, I think that you really, you got rid, two really good sides. I'm, I know that people are arguing over whether you want to have a th- best of three, but you know, there's a huge debate around that. But basically, I think that one off also just gives you a sense of finality and it gives a good start to the, I agree. I yeah, agree. Yeah. It also gives a good start to the, to, to, to the season, like yeah. the summer season. It's probably not running a calendar now for a best of three. It's such a jam-packed <laughs> Unless you spread it across three, three right. years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, now take me inside the control room because I, right. I, I just, I just, when I, when you were showing me on the video, I just see a lot of <laughs> videos yeah. and screens. And how many, you were talking about how many screens? So for a big event like the World Test Championship, I probably have 68 screens. Um, and how many eyes are looking at those? Well, you know, I had, I suppose, 40 cameras there. Here in Zim, we've got, we've got eight man cameras. Well, we've got a total of about eight, 22, I think, in total. But we had, I think, seven, eight, no, 19 man cameras. Total of about 45 total. World Cup final at Lords, we had a so similar. Is this the whole of Zimbabwe for this? Uh, no, this is just here at the Harare Sports Club. So you yeah. took about 45 cameras. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you know, you, it's not necessarily you've got more cameras, you, you've got a better product. You know, sometimes less cameras, less is more. But these days you have like four stump cameras, four runouts. Hawkeye have six cameras. Your press cameras, you might have three or four cameras. You know, we had cameras in the long room and then the dressing room and all the drama with who's coming out to bat for the super over. It was, was brilliant because we had the, the cameras at the top of the stairs and in the long room. First time that, you know, they've ever been in the long room, which was, which was brilliant. Um, but yeah, so you walk into a typical truck like the one we got here. Um, you probably walk past the sound man who's there with a big desk, very important guy, um, or lady. And then you have ES3 assistants or she has free assistants. Then you walk into the main area of the truck and you have the DA sits beside me and helps me, the director. I have a headset on and I have a panel, talkback panel. And I probably, everybody can hear me. So that's up to a hundred people and up probably 30 or 40 of them could talk to me at any one time. So you've got to be very good at talkback etiquette when you talk. And because at the end of the over, I find five or six people will talk to me at the same time and say, want something from me or to want to show something. So at times it's like directing traffic. So, you know, world test championships. Sometimes I'll have six people every ball saying they've got this, I've got that Hawkeye graphics replay. I got this, I've got that. I want to show this. Um, commentators, commentators on the lazy button. There's a button called the lazy, which is, you know, pretty hard because it, you know, it applies to the hardest working people in the court, but there is a button <laughs> called the lazy. The commentators press when they want to talk to the crew and nobody else. So they can say, Oh, can you show me the field, please? Changing and I, and I can hear it and core members of the crew can hear it, but the people at home won't hear it. So they all, and they were quite demanding on and Ricky Ponting liked the lazy. I think he was on that more than he was on the line. Yes, so they're always. Did you see what just happened yeah. there? The reason that, yeah. the, like yeah. that catch by Cam, Cam Green. Exactly. So I knew so it'd get to that. I knew it'd get to that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the lazy button. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of traffic and filtering out that traffic isn't easy. Um, I think I'm, I've done it for such a long time, 20 odd years now, 25 years, you know, and I can sit in a restaurant and hear people's conversations and hear, be talking to you and hear, multiple conversations because of years of filtering out rubbish in my ears and tone in my ears but generally that's how it works you just decide well what's the, you're telling a story what is the most important thing right now and what are they doing like graphics are building that package hawkeye building that package 
and replay, right, piggyback off each other. So, okay, we're doing a Larry 50 package on, on VT Red, roll mm. red, right, out of that, Hawkeye are offering the wagon wheel. Yeah, okay, Hawkeye, got cross on the wagon. Graphics have got a graphic about his innings this year. Go, whack that graphic up. Um, field 360, the field's changing, so the little disc-shaped thing with the, in the corner will change. Oh, you have to cut to that at that time. Field 360, which is where the gaps in the field are. So you kind of have to digest what you're looking at and then come up with a solution, which is not always right. You know, I'll probably make 20,000 decisions in the course of a day and 5,000 might be right. But you've got to make those decisions. you gotta, you got to make about, a call. It's about making the call. Because if you don't make the call, nothing happens. Nothing happens. Then we're stuck with one view. And as... As the great Winston Churchill used to say, if you don't change your mind, you don't change anything. Ah. So I'm always changing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Cam Green, the catch. What kind of pressure were you under there? Well, you say pressure. Pressure is an airline pilot for me or a surgeon. You know, I mean, if I make a mistake, yes, there's pressure, but the screen goes black and, you know, it's not the end of the world. But yeah. that, yeah, it was a pivotal moment in the match. Um, the third umpire, Richard Kettlebrot, I know well. He's a very good third umpire, probably one of the best I've ever worked with. And we gave him the best we had. I mean, I did actually have a camera on Cameron Green in slips, an ultra-motion camera, but Steve Smith's foot had obscured the, the frame that, that would have been the, the conclusive 100% evidence. So we couldn't show that. So we showed the best angle we had, which, you know, was pretty clear, I thought. And then I showed it in real time, because in real time, sometimes it helps the third umpire. Yeah. Some people think it helps, some people think it doesn't, but it's a personal thing. So I showed yeah. it in real time. And the best we had. He made his decision based upon what he thought, and uh, the rest quite, is history. And also quite by the law itself. So By the law, exactly. Yeah. So the law came out, you know, and it was told, you know, we, we were reminded what the law was, was that if the ball is, if the fingers are clearly under the ball and it is touching the ground, but it's clearly under the ball, it's still out. Yeah. Now, if you're looking at a freeze frame of a newspaper photograph, it looks not out. Yeah. If you're looking at a freeze frame, it looks not out. It doesn't You've remember context. that that camera is 90... 90 meters and 40 foot high 90 meters away from the action 40 foot high and it's a two-dimensional image so there was a this guy did a brilliant thing with Nassi Hussain a few years ago where they got him out standing at slip and they replicated the catch and they showed it from the camera that the, the evidence was given from and it was clearly in his hand but because it was an image so far away and two-dimensional it looked like it wasn't out but it actually mm. was mm. so you've got to bear that in mind the technology is there. The technology is infallible. It's well, not infallible. It could be perceived differently. But it's how you do it. If you, if you look at a freeze, I, I advise all the umpires, I train the umpires as well, and I say to them, you, you know, I will say to you, this is the best angle we have. And then I'll give it to them because we've seen every single angle. Now, if they still can't make this, it's up to them. I'm not going to tell them what to say. But sometimes, you know, if you're blowing things up, zooming in, the picture gets distorted the image is wrong, it creates more confusion. So, you know, we, we offered everything that we can to the umpires and that's the decision they came up with. And that's the thing that you need, I guess you want to do, is be able to give them the tools necessary to be, for them to make decision and then also uh, have to back them for whatever decision they make. Because ultimately, I always think of umpiring as an opinion. Uh, this is what I see and from an honest position, this, this is what my view is. IPL is another one that you do. That must be just high pressure. Because game every day, there's 200 million fans in the stadium, and you're having to tell this story 
and the stories are happening so over like um, uh, you know a period of uh, seven weeks, seven seven weeks, weeks yeah. and there's a new story every single day. So, yeah. you, so you're not getting a point where you say, okay, yeah, let's forget about that story for a bit. How do you take that pressure for the for the matches as you can do? IPLs is slightly different than an ICC event. It's more the way you cut it's different. It's more razzmatazz. It's entertainment, mm. and um, it's a lot probably fa more faster cuts than a, a test match, say, or another match. But it, the, you know, I, I did the first. I did. I think I did five of the first seven IPLs. And then I had a, a six-year break off IPL because it was a long time away from home. And I, and I came back to it this year, and I really enjoyed it. the women's IPL first in Navi Mumbai, which I really enjoyed, and then the men's. Um, it's the travelling that's the hardest part of IPL because you'll do a match that ends at one in the morning and uh, you'll have a flight at six in the morning so you won't really sleep much and then you go and do you go say from you know Ahmedabad to Lucknow and then you fly and there'll be delays and etc and you'll get to the ground and you'll rig the match and the cameras and, next day, and that night or the next night there'll be another match so it's pretty relentless but I love India I've been there probably I've been to 29 cities in India, so I know it pretty well. I'm just guessing you have no access to your phone during a match. <laughs> no, I don't look at my phone. It's, I can't have any distractions. Yeah. Um, and I haven't got time, <laughs> to be honest. So uh, there's some directors I've spoken, but this is in a different field. We say they'll just have their cam phone there. And if it looks like something that's urgent, they'll look at it. But if it, they'll just see a pop-up. If it doesn't look urgent, not look at no. You, the phone doesn't exist. Well, it exists and it's I mean, there. Drinks I mean breaks, you can look at it, but you yeah. don't. You know, you, if you start looking at your phone, you get distracted. So yeah, it's, as is life. So I try as not to look at it. Yeah, it's but, like um, it's like while you're working, you decide to go onto Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, and then you go down a rabbit hole, and then 30 minutes later, like, oh, where was I? Yeah. <laughs> and then now you you talked about working with Zimbabwean uh, technical expertise. Well, how have you found them? So, it, you know, we came here in uh, every time we go to a new country hosting an event we try and use the local as many of the, the local crew as possible it's a legacy it's a great way of training to, to a certain standard those that need it and actually giving it back to the country and that's what we've done with Zimbabwe we found some great cameramen from here and we found an excellent soundman called Brooks who we've taken all around the world the last seven years his brother is working for us as well here so it's a bit of a family affair you know we love coming back here and if we can for instance we, we did the under 19 World Cup women's world cup in south africa recently and we unearthed quite a lot of new zimbabwean talent and they'll be they're working on this tournament in different areas in bulawayo in harare streaming and in broadcast so you know i'd say probably you know maybe close to 40 percent of our crew here is zimbabwean on this that's, gig that's quite good great very yeah. good yeah that's what we try and do um and then we do the same if we're in another country like the west indies anywhere in the west indies or australia or wherever we go we always take our you know, we always take our stalwarts with us, but we'll always bring in local communities and younger people and train them up and leave with a legacy for that country. And then uh, this time you're here. I know there was a big crowd with Zimbabwe versus UAE last time out here, but the 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 bombastic nature of the Zimbabwean fan right now is now world famous. Do you come here with a story like, I'd like to cover it this way, or do you just think on the day, let's see what's happening? Absolutely right. Of all the countries I've worked in, and I've probably like 15 around the world on cricket, Zimbabwe's got the best fans. Why? Because they sing beautifully. They're all in unison. The whole stand is shaking. You know, we got one of our handheld cameramen in there, in that crowd, and we got some gold, and we're going to hopefully do the same. 
um, Patrick, who is Zimbabwean, Patrick Mpo, best handheld camera in the world. He mm. comes around all the World Cups with me, IPLs. He's here on this. He'll be in that crowd. Look out for Patrick, guys, if you're at the cricket. Yeah. Give him a nod. He's a top man. But yeah, they are the best fans in the world. And they're great cricket fans. Remember, Bangladesh has got some amazing fans. Mm. You know, everyone, every country's got good fans, but Zimbabwean fans, they live and breathe it. It's in their soul. You know, they're in unison singing. And I said to the commentators today, I forget that we had a briefing for them. And I said, when you get lovely shots of crowd singing, don't say anything. What are you going to, how are you going to add value? Just let them sing. It's like when the third umpire's making decisions. You don't talk, man. Yes. Right? People want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. Yes. You know? Yes, 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 yes. Because I, I, I noticed when the th third umpire is talking, I'm like, please don't interrupt. <laughs> and I, I do actually see your point that at some point, just breathe in the atmosphere. Just just take it in. Allow the person at home to take it in. And also, just also take it in yourself. Yeah. And uh, any particular cricket moments that's outside, like, a World Cup final that you say stick in your mind? I mean, like I said, me, the one, the 2018, and then there was... Uh, I mean, this wasn't a, this is a bilateral, but uh, Ryan Bell hitting a couple of sixes in, to win against the, um, I think it was Bangladesh last year. And uh, yeah, Raza's century here against India. So I, I would mention things like they're not quite finals, but they're moments. They're moments. Yeah, well, there's been millions of, of great moments for me. The ones I remember of when Bangladesh beat India in the under 19 World Cup in Pochistrom. And the scenes there were insane. Papua New Guinea, whenever they got a wicket, the dancing, the singing, the celebrations. And this is why the qualifiers is such a big tournament for us, because the passion in the crowd, the passion not just in the crowd, but on the field with these nations. There's so much at stake. Two places, ten teams, you know, and you expect, you know, West Indies, Sri Lanka and Zim to be two of the three, but you just don't know, you know, you just don't know. You look at, you know... The UAE have got a very strong team. The Netherlands on their day could beat anybody. Scotland played well last year. Um, and look at Nepal. They've won, I think, 13 of the last 14 ODI matches, including Scotland multiple times. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot on show here. And uh, it's a very attractive tournament for the ICC to cover. Yeah. So finally, um, talking about Zimbabwe, outside of cricket, have you seen anything? Have I have. Last I, time, I have, of course, have, and this, yeah. this time. I have. And look, you know, Larry, I don't go to a country and not see it. You know, I was, there's always a few days where you can get out. Last year, I was lucky enough to get a helicopter over Victoria Falls, which is that was definitely on the bucket list and is one of the best things I've ever done. And that was insane. Um, Harare is a great... I, I play golf. So just behind us here, I uh, played yesterday at the Royal Harare Golf Club, um, which is a stunning course, world class. Uh, so there's so many different things here. The food, oh my God, amazing. And the hotels we've been staying in, we're in a place called York Lodge, which is a beautiful yeah, yeah, sanctuary yeah. type place. You've never had such good sleep in my life. It's a stunning place and the food is amazing there. So we're getting very well looked after. Um, you are the love, some of the loveliest people in the world. Uh, I'm not just saying that because you're interviewing me, but it's a fact. Um, and, you know, long may it continue and let's hope cricket thrives here. One of, one of my good friends is Tino. One of the commentators yeah, here. And, yeah. um, Amazing you know, guy. He, he, he's, his commentaries come on leaps and bounds. Mm. I train commentators oh. and I train presenters as well in my spare time. So, um, you know, it's great to see people that you've worked with really, really coming on, working all over the world. Uh, Mr. Scoville, thank you so much. And uh, I, I think it, it opens up 
to, to especially highlight such as the fact that 40% of the people working in the tournament from Zimbabwe, the way it gives back to Zimbabwe, the Cam Green issue. Because <laughs> we've made all sorts of theories. Some, you know, some we have conspiracy, conspiracy theorists are like, they didn't want to show that. I was like, why wouldn't they want to show? We have to. Show. We, not, I don't know why we're not hiding anything. We're not hiding. Anything. There's no reason for them no. not want to show it. And also showing the, how big, uh, you know, the cricket is getting. And the, the, I'm, I'm loving the fact that there's so many matches that are being seen by the world. I think the, the last qualifier it was only the Super Six stage that was being screened, and now digital's growing bigger. And you talk about. It, you know, we, we, we don't know a lot of the times. Do you think ICC created and employed a whole bunch of, but it's a bunch of companies and there's a lot of collaboration. And I think for me, the takeaway from that is getting the, the best people to do the best job as opposed to thinking, just do it ourselves. Yeah. Thank you very much. My and pleasure. Yeah, Thanks, take care Larry. of yourself. Sunset and Vine is where you, you say that's where you work with. Well, that's that's a company working with. Uh, but yeah, so we're the ICC TV. So every yeah. event that you see on ICC, ICC is TV. Is it, then you're responsible for some of the content we see on ICC.tv or all of the training. <laughs> all the best. Thank Thanks, you very Larry. much. Cheers. Right. So it's the Clubhouse in podcast. Remember, at three men and boat on on Twitter and Facebook. And on uh, Instagram is 3mob.com. The 3 is a digit. And then if you want to catch us on uh, on, the other, uh, on YouTube, it's 3-mob.com. My name is Larry Creative Life. This has been a 3Ben on a boat, uh, boat production. You can catch us on any of the podcatchers out there, whether it's Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. As I say from where I come from, I see this. I see this. Take care of yourself. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. 